Heavenly Father, by your Spirit grant that only the truth may be spoken, and only the truth heard. In Jesus' name. Amen. So much happened this night nearly 2,000 years ago. Jesus, last night, spent in his earthly body. When people are about to die, they speak deeply, communicate profoundly. We tonight could look at the gift of the Last Supper. Gathered in this borrowed room, Jesus and his closest friends shared their Passover meal. They remembered God's deliverance of his children of his chosen people who had marked their doorposts with the blood of a man to save them from his judgment. And now the shed blood of the Lamb of God is no longer on the doorposts but on the hearts of those who claim that precious blood of Jesus was shed for them to wash away their sin and save them from the judgment of God. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Tonight we could look too at Judas's betrayal. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all speak of Judas, identifying Jesus for the soldiers, the temple guard, in the darkness with a kiss. The most intimate of human gestures, so often given and received with trust and joy and love. But this kiss, Jesus did not recoil from, but received. As Holy Week comes to an end, we could spend time on that long section of core teaching from Jesus in chapters 14, 15, and 16 of John's Gospel, Jesus' prayer for his disciples and us in chapter 17. The teaching is of encouragement. Let not your hearts be troubled. I will do whatever you ask in my name. the teaching of the coming of the Holy Spirit and what he will do in chapters 14 and 15. He will lead you into all truth. He will remind you of all that I have told you. These records of John telling of that Thursday night are overflowing with the Father's love being spoken by the Son. And they hang there 
for a generation waiting to be written. It was probably between 85 and 90 AD before John wrote these words. And I imagine him prompted by the Holy Spirit, recognizing that unless he puts pen to paper, his unique memory of life with his master would be lost forever to the church. So the Holy Spirit takes John back to the upper room. There is no editorial hindsight. It is as if the old feelings with all their doubt and confusion are all that John is feeling as he remembers what happened just before the meal. Jesus puts love into practice. He becomes a servant. Let's look for a moment at the breadth and length and depth of this love. The disciples excited by the enthusiastic crowds on the road to Jerusalem, confused and perhaps frightened by the hostile Jewish leaders gathered for the evening meal. Only Jesus knew what would happen. And his first act of love was to prepare his followers for the night to come and the days that would follow. Jesus knew one would betray him and all the others would run away and leave him alone to face the cruelty of hatred. Many years later in his first letter, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, John was to write, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. But now in that upper room, the only true lover was Jesus. The full extent of his love was to love those who as yet could not love him in return, who did not understand his mission or his purpose, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The way Jesus underlined his love was to show them secure in the knowledge of who he was and from whence he came and to whom he was returning jesus got up from the table and dressed like a humble servant began to wash their feet tenderly gently like a hospice nurse washing a terminally ill patient I'm reminded of the story Jesus told of the prodigal son and the picture of the father scanning the horizon, the son smelling of pigs, trudging homeward, and the father daily looking for his lost boy. And Jesus said, 
but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. God is not offended by dirt. His love washes it off if you come to him. Peter the impetuous could not imagine the Christ, the son of the living God, behaving like a slave. He watched Jesus drawing closer to him and when it was his turn he tried to refuse. Jesus helped him to understand that to be a child of the kingdom you have to be washed by the king. You have to be a servant and bring others for that heavenly washing. There is one unspoken act of deep love in this event that can only be divine. Jesus washed Judas' feet too. On the walls of our apartment hangs a decoration. It was created in Haiti and came to us as a gift from a friend who had gone there on a mission. It is a message to us daily, carved out of banana wood on a fabric backing. It simply says, love is an active verb. It is so easy to love the lovely things that Jesus said, to watch as he heals, forgives, restores, without getting involved. But to love like Jesus means to act like Jesus. I have set you an example, he said to his disciples, that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Those washed by God are called by God to act like Jesus. The 16th century Spanish, Spanish mystic Saint Teresa of Avila says Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. So sister and brother, let me be your servant. Let me be as Christ to you. Grant that I might have the grace to let you be my servant.